Republicans who control the legislature have decided that they need to refocus public education. And so there's a plan that lays out 15 rights for parents. Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can listen to Wisconsin in Focus and all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. Now here's your host, Bruce Walker. Thanks, Cole. Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Managing Editor for The Center Square. Wisconsin in Focus is brought to you by America's Talking Network. If you're tired of the divisive rhetoric coming from echo chambers in our country today, America's Talking Network has been made for you. America's Talking Network is a new podcast hub where you can find news, civil conversations, and all of the Center Square podcast. The only agenda that America's Talking Network has is to get America talking again. Go to americastalking.com to check out all of their podcasts. Once again, that's americastalking.com. We're recording this podcast on Thursday, February 11, and joining me today, as he does every week, is Ben Yount, the Center Square's Wisconsin correspondent. Hello, Ben. How are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing just ducky. I got a day and a half to go before I check out to go see a concert on Saturday and then back in time on Sunday to watch the Super Bowl. I'm good. I as because I I you know I have a, another job and, and I have to work early mornings. In fact, I work overnights. I've seen one Super Bowl in probably the past six years. I, I did last year. We, we we were in 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 Phoenix and just happened to catch the Super Bowl. But usually I can I can watch about the first quarter and a couple of the ads and then I got to go to bed like a toddler, which is which is terrible because the you know the first part of of the game is always horrible. It's always boring. You need to stay for the the very end it's the it's the last couple of minutes that are and so i gotta wake up and watch it as i do with almost everything watch it on on the clips on youtube uh at two o'clock in the morning the next day so there's my well, Super Bowl a, experience as a former entertainment writer and i guess a, a current entertainment writer at times uh i i watch for the ads i used to work in the advertising industry and uh the halftime show can sometimes be pretty good pretty interesting uh, you know, they've, they've moved from the rock and roll has been to entertainers that I really don't know a whole heck of a lot about. <laughs> Although this year, the halftime show should be pretty good. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Detroit connection with Eminem and, uh, what I know about rap hip hop music, you could probably put in a thimble and there would be enough room there to where I could talk to you about opera, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but having said that, uh, there's also the other Detroit connection, the former Detroit Lion quarterback, Matt Stafford. This, this, as the memes say on the Internet, this is as close as Detroit has gotten to a Super Bowl in forever. I'm forever. Just waiting. I'm waiting for them to bring back up with people up with people needs a <laughs> needs a gritty 2020 something reboot with uh, Robert Shaw and Bruce Dern. Yes, absolutely. Let's, let's bring let's bring them back. Uh, I greatest Super Bowl halftime show. Never said never. No. Well, yeah, but, but it, Black Sunday was a terrific movie. Just yeah. a great movie. And if you're a fan of Bruce Dern, well, you know, it's kind of kind of great to watch him go psycho in a in a blimp. <laughs> so 
Okay, well, Ben, let, let's let's dig in here. There's there's a lot going on and in Wisconsin. And one of the things I'd like to talk about is a couple of stories that you have written. And one of them you just filed prior to the beginning of the recording of this podcast and the Parents' Bill of Rights proposal in Wisconsin. Yeah, this is this is at the same time. This is one of these surprising, not surprising stories that after what we have seen across the country this past year, what we've seen in in Wisconsin during the years of lockdown, Republicans who control the legislature have decided that they need to refocus public education. And so there's a plan that's making its way through the assembly. Now it'll head over to the Senate here in, in, in a week or so that lays out 15 rights for parents. And, and they're, they're really pretty simple. You know, determine the type of school that, that kids get to go to. That's school choice. The right to determine names and pronouns used for kids at school. This is a, a growing issue where little Jimmy becomes little Jenny at school and public schools in Wisconsin don't feel the need to tell parents. The right to review instructional materials, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Right to access education-related re- information uh, regarding their kids and do it online. The, the right to request a notice of when certain subjects are going to be taught and, and the right to speak to the school board. Again, these are just sort of reaffirming that mom and dad, not the local superintendent or the school board or the principal or the teacher in the classroom, Mom and dad are the ones who are in charge of education, and it's getting a lot of support from from conservatives, from conservative groups. And the the story that broke here as we're taping this is the disdain from the education leadership, the, the bureaucracy, the people who run public schools in this state. And uh, again, unsurprisingly, the, 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 the opposition to this idea from members of the Democratic Party. State Representative Lee Snodgrass from up in Appleton has found herself at the, the, the receiving end of a Twitter firestorm today when as what the parents he, were testifying. He, yeah, it, it, is, is that a he or a she? It is. It is a she. OK. Uh, and, and, and she said she said if parents want to have a say in their child's education, they should homeschool or pay for private school tuition out of their family budget. And as many people have said online that the, the, the means of this are, are hilarious that snodgrass is is either saying the quiet part out loud of get your kids out of our schools or she's essentially saying stop being poor because if you have any complaints about public schools in the state you should just take off but for thousands and thousands of families particularly in places like milwaukee they don't necessarily have the disposable income to pay for private school and i imagine that Representative Snodgrass is not going to be in favor of the plan to give school choice to all. But yeah, you you have this once again, you have this juxtaposition of parents who are coming and saying, look, all we want to know is what our kids are learning. All we want to know is what our local schools are are, are doing. I, I quoted a a mom in, in the story, Scarlett Johnson. She's one of the candidates who ran for school board in the Mequon Fiendsville recall race, if we remember that from a couple of months ago. And she said that the gaslighting of parents is, is unbelievable. She, she was telling stories to, to lawmakers, things that didn't make the story. But she was, she was saying that you know, parents will contact her and, and tell stories. of they, they asked for a simple FOIA request. Hey, where's this money going? And the response they get back is, well, we don't have to tell you. 
There's nothing in, in, in the ESSER paperwork that requires us to tell you where that money is going. And so you have this 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 gulf, you have this opposition, you have this recalcitrance, to borrow the, the Rob Lagojevichian word, which he, of course, used improperly. But at <laughs> the same time that you have these parents begging to, to, to be given at least a, a part of their kids' education, these state superintendent of schools, the woman in charge of public education in the state of Wisconsin, Dr. Jill Underly, and she always makes sure to remind you that it is a doctor, essentially came out and said that the Parents' Bill of Rights would pit teachers against parents, and, and she's not on the side uh, of the parents. Her her quote is, our, our, our schools and our kids need so much right now. They need real solutions to real problems. These bills are decidedly not that. And the fact that the authors of these bills seem to believe that their bills are, in fact, what our schools and students, students need is yet one more uh, illustration of how out of touch they are with the reality on the ground. And well, go ahead. Is, go this ahead. Is, this is one of these these quotes of, you know, when, when you actually get past some of the, the, the education ease, one more illustration of how out of touch they are with the reality on the ground. But yet there are going to be many, many parents, many, many Republicans who said this on Twitter already today, that it is the education establishment that doesn't see the reality, that it is the people who run everything from local school boards to local school districts to the head of public education in the state of Wisconsin who refuse to see that over the past two years, there's been a seed change in the balance between moms and dads and their kids' schools that the the, the time spent learning at home gave millions of parents across the state a, a, an opportunity to see what their kids are learning. And many of those parents don't like what their kids are learning in this parents' bill of rights and a number of other education reforms that are due up in front of the assembly and Senate all stem from that. Well, it, it, to go back to the economic perspective and uh, the, the quote from Representative Snodgrass, I'm reminded of the character portrayed by Catherine O'Hara on an old Second City TV episode. Uh, I think the character's name was Lola Heatherton, who was a typically clueless Hollywood actress, singer, entertainer, who is interviewing her special guest star on her new new television special, which is um, she's interviewing Mother Teresa. <laughs> and she says to Mother Teresa, oh, don't you just get tired of all these poor people? Can't you just can't you just tell them to stop being poor? Yeah. And and, and it's played for for irony and laughter. But uh, it, it, it's to go back to some of the uh, the Twitter storm that you're talking about based on Snodgrass's comments. There is actually, I forget who it was, but somebody found a, a picture of the early 2000s Paris Hilton wearing a T-shirt that said, stop being poor. Uh, <laughs> if, if we if we want to add even more memes, it's the it, it's the Lucille Bluth from. Uh, oh, it's not Arrested Development. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Yes, the, the, yes. The, the banana. It's it's a banana, Michael. What can it cost? Ten dollars. I mean, this but this 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 shows the, the, the gap. And, and there are a lot of parents in in wisconsin particularly a lot of parents in the bigger city school districts and, and, and that's that's milwaukee and madison green bay racine kenosha who would love to have the opportunity to get their kids out of those public schools they would love to have school choice they would love to have a voucher to help cover some of the cost of going to a private school i mean we wrote the story what was it last week week before 
that there was so much interest in school choice in the state of Wisconsin that parents broke the website that would allow yes, their kids to week. go to to a, to a private school. I mean, this is this is what's going on on the ground. And then to have these Democratic lawmakers just be be so tone deaf. Now, Representative Snodgrass then came along and deleted the tweet and she said, well, it lacked some nuance and it could be easily misunderstood which then fed into the, no, we, we understood exactly what you were saying, representative. It's just what you were saying was, was terrible and horrible and not very polite to parents. And, and, and this, this is the divide that we have that in Wisconsin, you, you have almost universal acceptance on the Republican side of the aisle for school choice. I, I worked in Illinois for a while and you had some suburban Republicans who are, they may have liked the idea of school choice. They didn't necessarily support school choice, you know, for their kids, but because Wisconsin has public school to school, school choice right now, because there is disability school choice, because there's private school, school choice, because there's voucher programs, you have almost universal on the Republican side of the aisle acceptance and endorsement of, of expanding school choice. But on the Democratic side, you you continue to have the same old, same old, this steals money from our schools or the teachers don't like it or the unions don't like it or something, 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 go eat cake from Representative Snodgrass. And and so as, as I sent you the note on the story, uh, you know, what, what, what was what, what was the headline that we that we used? State superintendent, state rep dismissed parents concerns in uh, Wisconsin schools that, that, you know, the education establishment is once again dismissing these parents. I like, go away. You, know, you can you can vote for state superintendent. But after that, you know, these schools are ours. And, and that's that's the disconnect in the state. That's that's where we are. But because and, and this this sort of brings it you know, to, to the full political circle, because the governor, Tony Evers, is the former state superintendent of schools. All of these things that the Republican legislature is going to do here in the next month, they will all die. All of these reforms, the Parents' Bill of Rights, expanding school choice, breaking up Milwaukee public schools. The, these are all popular ideas among lawmakers, but they are all certainly doomed the minute they get to the governor's desk. Essentially tilting at windmills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very much so. Okay. Well, let's move along. And uh, you also wrote this week on a new report that uh, from Will and uh, about the volumes of regulations that are being that they are challenging as being detrimental to the growth of business and the growth of Wisconsin's economy. I, I don't know about you, Bruce, but the reason I get out of bed every morning is to write about the administrative code for the state of Wisconsin. Occupational <laughs> licensing reform, uh, the, the sunshine on emergency rules. This is the stuff it, it is. It's one of these stories that is rather esoteric, that it's it's it, it is inside the dome, right? It is it is inside baseball. But when you realize that there are one hundred sixty thousand regulations in the state of Wisconsin that have been written by bureaucrats. We're not talking about laws. We're not talking about laws written written by elected officials. We're talking about rules and regulations that are promulgated by unelected bureaucrats. We're, We're not we're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a game. 
Mm -hmm. Talk about practice. Uh, no, yeah, you're exactly right. And and promulgated is is perhaps one of my my favorite legislative terms. And 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 but this is this is where you know, you know the bureaucratic state. This is where the agencies, whether it's the Department of Natural Resources, which does everything from from water quality to hunting, or the Department of Agriculture. There are so many departments in the state of Wisconsin. And this the, 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 the point of this report from Will is that once one of these regulations goes on the books, goes into effect, it really never comes off. I mean, there's some that date back to the, the, the 50s, the 60s. And each year, because this is sort of how government works, this isn't sort of how government works. This is exactly how government works. More get added. And all of a sudden you turn around and you've got 161,000 regulations. Now that, according to the Will study, is more than any other Great Lakes state. And, you know, that's that's Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. I, I guess you could probably put New York in there. And if you if you think for a half a second how, how much smaller Wisconsin is, we got six million people and some change. Illinois has double that. Ohio is going to be close to double that. And we have more regulations from bureaucrats than those states. It, it is it, it makes government real. I've, I've said this for years. That government is real in cops and, and snow plows and schools, because that's where people sort of have an interaction with what their government is doing. And, and these regulations, if you want to build a fence, if you want to go hunting, if you want to change something on your farm, if you want to open a small business, if you want to braid hair, if you want to cut hair, if you want if you want to take money or a six pack of beer to trim your buddy's beard. Technically, you need to get a license from the state of Wisconsin in order to do that. And, and that's where these these rules, the, the promulgation of these restrictions becomes real. And so, yeah, it, Will, Will's suggestion is let, let's have an automatic sunset, even if it doesn't expire. Just have a date where this thing comes back and we have to say, all right, do we still want to do this rule? Yay or nay? OK, uh, it, more legislative oversight, because, again, here's the, 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 the balance that if there is a bad law. If there is a, a, a state representative or a state senator who's not doing what it is that their, their constituents want, voters have a chance to go and vote those people out. That's why we have elections. We have them every two years here in, in, in the state of Wisconsin. There is no election for the staffers. There is no election for the bureaucrats. There is no election. There is no accountability for some of these people who spend an entire career in state government. And, you know, you've you spent enough time around state houses to know that the people who work in, in the trenches, the people who work in the bowels of the Capitol, who write the legislation, who who write the regulations, who, who can move the minutia. They're the ones who really can control state government. If you need an example, just go look at the mess that is the Wisconsin Elections Commission. The commissioners are tied, but it is the staffers who really drive that boat. And so th this, this idea of taking a look at the regulations, the restrictions that have over the years piled up in Wisconsin, this, this is one of these things that I think a lot of people would say, we don't, we don't do this already. We, we just put laws on the books. We put, we put regulations on the books and just leave them for forever. The answer is yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, man, that's more than likely true in every state legislature. So uh, I, as you noted before, not terribly surprising that it's happening in Wisconsin, but 160,000 rules and regulations does seem a wee tad excessive. Yeah. So let's, let's let's move along. Let's go back to school. Back to school days, as Graham Parker sang about in the back in the 70s.
The coronavirus school closures hurt low-income minority kids the most, according to a Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty research that was released this week, and you wrote about it. Those individuals that uh, will are putting out some good work. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad that they do the bean counting. I'm glad they do all the research and, and the math because uh, that that's I got into broadcasting because I was not the greatest with math. Yeah, I'm really good at reading off a piece of paper, uh, but but adding off of a piece of paper is, is not necessarily my my, my forte. But no, th- this is this is, again, another one of these stories that we all knew this that when you when you take kids out of school they're not going to do as well and when you take a look at the schools that were out the longest during the coronavirus closures the schools that learned from home the longest it really came down to again the wisconsin five milwaukee madison green bay racine and kenosha and those are the five largest cities in the state of Wisconsin, those are the five most democratic cities in the state of Wisconsin, and those are the five cities that have the largest population of minorities and in the income. state of Wisconsin and, and, and low-income families in, yes. in, in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and when you combine all of that, these are schools in, in those five cities that already struggled with meeting state standards. Their, their schools were not necessarily turning out great learners readers doers of math science the 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 test scores for years have have shown deficiencies in these schools particularly milwaukee public schools and then you you add on the fact that learning from home for almost all kids in the state was well here here's here are a couple of worksheets and uh here's a powerpoint presentation we'll see tomorrow guys and and you know when you do that there were stories of you know at least half of the kids just not even logging in Grades were essentially just, well, we'll, based on last year's grades, we'll go ahead and give you those. And and so we had all of this anecdotal evidence that sending kids to learn from home during the coronavirus didn't help. And and Will simply put together the numbers and said, yeah, it, 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 it didn't help the, uh, the, the, the synopsis from the, the, the report, uh, on average, districts had their lowest average proficiency on the Ford exam in its history in 2020 and 2021, falling below 40% for the first time. This pattern was consistent across both subjects with slightly larger declines recorded in math. The ELA, that's English language mm-hmm. arts, mm-hmm. proficiency fell by 3.9% to 39.7% and by 5.7 percentage points in math to 38.4%. Now, because I'm really bad at math, I had to flip that and do that the broadcasting way. In other words, more than 60% of kids in public schools in Wisconsin cannot read or write or do math at grade level. And that's the average, right? That's the average. When you get into some of these schools in Milwaukee or Madison or Green Bay or Racine or Kenosha, the numbers are much lower because when you get out into the Wow County schools, the numbers are higher than that. And and this is this is the real problem. And this is why you have so many Republicans down at the Capitol talking about education reform. This is why next week on the podcast, I imagine we're going to be talking about State Senator Alberta Darling and her plan to break up MPS. In some individual schools, these proficiency rates are, are, are 10% or below, which means 90% of kids in that given school aren't where they're supposed to be. And, and this was another one of the, 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 the insider things that you learn as you write more about education. 
the proficiency standards are essentially a C. We're not talking about A or B level. To, to be proficient, according to the state's tests, you're passing. So you've got 60% of kids who can't even pass, who, who, who aren't reading at what, eh, okay, that sounds, they're not at that level. This is not how many kids are ready to go to college. This is not how many kids are ready to go out into the workforce. This is how many kids can do the bare minimum. And, and this Will study said, yeah, you, you saw this. It was hardest hit in, in you know, low income communities. And, and that, that comes back to Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, Racine in Kenosha. Wow. Well, Ben, that's about all the time we have for today for this episode of Wisconsin in Focus. You can read all the Center Square stories at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. And you can listen to all of the Center Square podcasts at americastalking.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much.